besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. The award-winning crunch time. Of the teams that have grabbed the attention and the admiration, I think, through the first six rounds of the season, right at the top of that pile is Fremantle. They are in Geelong this afternoon to face uh, what looks like a pretty stern test, and the Chief Executive, Simon Garlick, is with me in the box. Simon, welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks for having me on, Jared. We have been talking about uh, West Coast, obviously. What, what opportunity does it offer Fremantle to have the, the big team in town who are going to live the season at the bottom of the ladder by their own estimations now, and you're up and going. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't lived through it. You know, I'm into my third season at, at the club and you know, obviously getting a far greater understanding of the local market. Um, funnily enough, I don't think there's been a time where both clubs... Or there's only been a couple of times where both clubs have been right up the top ends of the ladder. Um, they've never played a final against each other in Perth, for instance. Um, so it's going to be a new experience for me, and you know, obviously, yeah, it sounds like a stock standard answer, but it's it's very much the way I and our club look at it that we try to focus on ourselves. I think historically, because West Coast are just such an anomaly in terms of their size and power and strength and financial capability, um, they're 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 a bit of an outlier. And so I've actually made a real point since coming in that sure we'll take a look at what they're doing but just like we would with Geelong or Collingwood or the New England Patriots or whatever it might be to take the right bits rather than trying to measure up against them in a number of areas we just really want to focus on ourselves and what we can control. Are you reassured by the start of the season you you didn't hide anything at the season launch when you presented the the ambitious statement which took aim at the club's first premiership in the in the short term? Um, Yeah reassured is a good word I I think um, it's it's been uh, an encouraging start I think we've really got to keep it in perspective and, and you know my job's to talk it up but by the same token um, you know I think we're coming into a period of time now when you're playing the likes of Geelong at Geelong have been a benchmark for so long you know we've got a stretch where we, we're going to encounter Brisbane and Melbourne as well so I think in six weeks time we'll have a far greater understanding of exactly where we sit in the whole scheme of things but Having said that, it's been a really encouraging start. There's, there's a lot of really positive signs that we thought we were going to start to see this year as, as a natural level of progression, and they're starting to come through, which is pleasing. Did you take a very clear aim at the finals this year? Yeah, as you said, we've been really open and transparent. I, I don't know if it made as much media here over east, but it certainly caused a bit of stir in our hometown where we talked about the fact that we we are aiming to win a premiership in both AFL and AFLW, at least one in each of the, the competitions by 2025. And we broke that down to three top four finishes. So we've set our, our sights, um, you know, certainly, absolutely on finals contention. And, and it's actually a great day to be at Geelong because you think about Geelong, I think I've missed finals twice in the last 20 years. You know, We're aiming to be a club that doesn't make a finals run um, haphazardly and is inconsistent. Uh, there's there's precedence to, with the likes of Sydney and Geelong and Hawthorns where they've been sustainably contending and, and that's what we're aiming for. So, um, yeah, finals is a natural part of that. Did you run the exercises? What would be the downside of making this public or uh, are you happy to aspire? And if you fail, fail big. Yep. 
Well, the downside is the CEO probably gets the boot, Jerry. So um, <laughs> had to be pretty frank about that. Um, oh, we, yeah, we didn't think about it. We run the club on behalf of our members, so it kind of makes sense that they have an involvement or an understanding of the path that the club's on. You know, we basically they're our shareholders, so it makes a hell of a lot of sense that we talk to them about our aspirations. And absolutely, you you put your your, your head up, and, and it can and it can get kicked off um, if you don't quite achieve it but we'd much prefer to be a club that has those aspirations and goals and has a go at it rather than quietly talking about it internally and if we don't make it then it doesn't matter so much Simon did you consciously build from the back like I I think your back line compares with maybe not with Melbourne but next best rung with Pierce and Logan Cox and Ryan Young Chapman was that a conscious decision? Oh, I think it's it's certainly something, Kane, as you've alluded to, that the the sides that have been sustainably competitive and strong have always been had that as a bedrock to the their their club and and their list. So I know David Walls and, and Belly and the whole team that run our list management process have been really keen to make sure that we've got good coverage. And ironically enough, the last couple of years, um, Pierce. Hamling, um, mm. Logues, you know, been haphazardly available. You know, Cox mm. and and Luke Ryan have been the mainstays there. But it's amazing what availability, the difference that availability makes. And and you're right, Kane. I think now that we've actually not only got those defenders who can you know do a job against the best you know key forwards as well, but getting a bit of run back there with with the likes of of, of Clark and and Walker and obviously Young and Chapman aren't in, but a young talent that's willing to take the game on is a really really pleasing mix should more clubs be comfortable with losing players i look at adam cherry now you didn't want to lose a 22 year old gun midfielder who you developed for a long time but at least in the early stage of the year it hasn't hurt you because you get will Brody for nothing brayshaw steps up sarong steps up and others do the same and you also go to the draft and get a great pick for him how do you reflect on that trade for your club now yeah i think it's a really interesting point kane um i think Clubs can get obsessive about maintaining a player at all costs. And I don't know if sometimes that's based upon um, not wanting to be seen as a club that's that loses a player here and there. I, I think we're... You're, you're right, it's a really interesting case because um, the fact that Adam Chero wanted to leave, we're really comfortable with the fact that it wasn't based upon something that was occurring at a club. It was a regretted... you know, well, There's a term called regretted resignation. It doesn't quite apply in this instance, but... As long as you're doing what you need to do as a club, if someone wants out, I think there is a little element of objectivity where you sit there and say, "Okay, that's fine. What? How we? How do we maximise this situation?" Rather than, you know, potentially compromising where you're going in the longer term by either paying too much or or missing out on an opportunity. And you're right. We, we essentially the the absolute swap for us is Jai a miss um, because mm. we got that pick and that allowed us to get him and Neil Erasmus. Two outstanding young men, local players. Um, Jai kicked five in his first waffle game last week, um, and you know the, the Jai miss of potentially three, four, five years is exactly what we need. So I think it's a really interesting concept, Kane, and one mm. that I think is certainly when we reflect upon it, it, it might turn out quite good for us. And Simon, just on this, Griffin Logue, 24 years of age, key defender, of course, out of contract. The market for key backs at the moment is so competitive. Where's things at with him? Um, he's out of contract. You've got competition for spots down there. Can you can you keep him? Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Um, Griff's really invested. As you say, he's been in and out of the side a little bit this year, and that's uh, clearly a highly 
um, a really healthy situation for us. And I think it's a really good thing for Griff because it's, every time he's come in, he's responded really well and he's played some phenomenal footy when he's been in there and he's got a, a great opportunity for us today. All you can judge is upon his level of engagement and, and investment in his teammates and, and what we're trying to do, which has been first class. Um, he's, he's a local boy. There's, there's great opportunities. Um, the club's invested a lot in Griff and he's invested a lot in the club. So... I'm really optimistic about where that stands. There's obvious interest because of the conditions in the uh, in, in the in the AFL industry that you've mentioned. So that's going to be a natural discussion point. But I'm I'm pretty comfortable that we'll get there. And Rory Lobb, I think it's fair to say, stunned the the AFL industry when he put in that trade request last year. Now, for a variety of reasons, it didn't work out. Are you bracing for history to repeat there? Do you think that he could ask for a, a move come season's end, or has the wheel turned? Oh, well, again, probably. In similar to the Kane's line of questioning, Sam, um, maybe, and and if that is to occur, then so be it. But again, Lobby's fully invested. You've seen the footy he's played in the last couple of weeks, and we've got an environment at the moment where it might not be his turn every week. Tabs had a great game a couple of weekends ago, and then you know Tabs was a bit quieter, but was working really hard and opened things up for Lobby. And he's again travelled with the team over this weekend, and. Seeing a connected and engaged group and, and, and Rory being a huge part of that, I think there's a great opportunity. He's contracted um, for a, another year after this one. He's a highly valuable commodity, obviously, given his ability to go in the ruck and he's 207 or 208 centimetres and mm. can take a contested mark. So he's a big part of our plans and you know we'll work through that at the appropriate time. There's a fair bit of him, isn't there, Galo? <laughs> he's, he's a big lad. Hey, um, when you live in the same neighbourhood as somebody and something goes wrong with their garden, you, you learn from that what dies and what flourishes without being overly critical from what you've learnt from the Eagles. What have you done to safeguard your garden, your your area? Well, their garden's a lot bigger and, and a bit more plush than ours, Derm, so it's one of those ones that I think if you're looking over, you, you're thinking of what might, might you might become. But um, again, probably, and this isn't an answer to not, you know, to to avoid um, you know a pile on that might occur with West Coast at the moment, we don't really look at them closely. Um, we certainly look at them, as I mentioned earlier on, as a competitor and as an organisation that have been high, hugely successful and done so many things so well. But just as we do at Geelong, and you know, it's ironic that we're at a place today that's had so much success and have been such a benchmark within our competition. So it sounds like a boring answer. Um, but we're really focused on ourselves and trying to create a culture and environment that allows us to achieve what we want to achieve. And if I was to point that more directly at COVID, responses to mm. COVID and how to how to steer clear of any issue, I mean, the extraordinary circumstances they went through in round two, which they seemingly have not recovered from, what, what do you guys feel that you can do better? Yeah, we... we yeah, I'm, I'm touching the desk here, which I'm not sure if it's made of wood, but um, I'll say this with a bit of trepidation. We've been obsessive about it, Derm, and, yeah. and we're actually probably trying to be a little bit careful that we're not too over the top about it. We're in a different phase over over in Perth than, than what's happening over east. It's, it's running rampant through the community at the moment um, at, at a high level. There's high caseload. It's pretty steady on a day-to-day basis, but... Um, we're winding back restrictions and the like. So it's a high-risk environment. So our players and our staff and even, by extension, their families and partners have, have given up a fair bit for us in the sense that we're, we're looking to stay away from high-density areas and curtail activity. And the guys have done a phenomenal job. You know, we're completely separated, footy and admin. 
no one, no tradesmen or others are coming into the place. We've gone to the nth degree and we've been fortunate. We've, we've obviously had it within the environment, but it's been two, one or two a week, um, which is really manageable, particularly when your injury list is, is pretty strong. So the Eagles have obviously had a, a fair bit of luck that's gone against them in that sense. But again, we're just trying to make sure we do what we can to, to minimise any unavailability. One of the catch cry words in the AFL in-game and also for win-loss ratio is momentum. Given that you guys finished 10th last year, 11th, I think, you had 10 teams finish above you, you needed verification that you were on the improve. I, I, I seem to think that to give you momentum, to give you belief, that fist by that young man, Heath Chapman, could be the most important, most important moment of play so far for the year for the, the Fremantle Dockers. Give you a one-point win and, and now you sit at 5-1 and one with belief and momentum. It's a game of inches, Dan, isn't it? And, and you're right. We were four or a bit goals up, I think, at halftime. Hadn't kicked straight. We were really dominant at that game. So it, would, it, it had the potential to be a bit of a demoralising loss, given the, the dominance that we held during that game. Um, the form line of Adelaide holds up. Um, Chappie, just he's, he's wherewithal. He's a pretty special young man, and we think he's going to be a, a real player. So um, you're right. It, it got us off and going. Uh, we had a down week against the Saints the following week but learnt a lot from that and then have played a style of footy that is far more in tune with what we want to be and um, get another really a great opportunity to test that against some of the best today. Are you a floating fixture guy? Uh, I, I don't mind it. I think, there's a real, I think there's a balance between it where we set longer periods of certainty, but I also, uh, the commercial part of me understands it and gets it and I quite like the fact, and, and maybe this is a bit, selfish of us at the moment the opportunity if sides are, are improving and playing a, a, a good brand of footy that you've got an opportunity to get really good good slots as opposed to being set them at the start of the year when as we know things change so quickly good luck for the afternoon thanks for stopping by thanks for having me on Simon Garlick, the chief executive of the Fremantle Dockers they're in Geelong to face the Cats this afternoon uh, it's a bit overcast it's blustery it's a little bit chilly it's an interesting day as the Cats and the Dockers shape up. More on Crunch Time next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.